in a day and age when racial tensions are high, I say this is the answer right here. Loving God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. It doesn't get any better than that, does it? Now, let me just give you some good old-fashioned South Georgia language here. It gets gooder and gooder, amen? <laughs> Sorry, you can take me from the South, but you can't take the South out of me, right? Well, it's my distinct honor and privilege to welcome uh, GLOW, Greater Love Outreach Worship Center, and Pastor Richard Wyndham. And uh, they came over for a piece of furniture, and who knew? They came downstairs and noticed some musical equipment down there and said, Oh, we play at our church. And then the conversation started, and the furniture was long loaded in the truck. And we sat out in the driveway for an hour, maybe, I guess. We were just talking about the Lord. And then he said, hey, he said, you need to come preach. It was Saturday. He said, you need to come preach. He said, you got a word for the hour. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't, you know, it, it takes some time. But I, the Lord ate me up about it and just ate my lunch about it. I had a word from God for their church. So I called him up and I said, later on that evening, I said, is it too late? I said, I feel like God's eating me up. He said, no, come on. And man, we had a time. Man, we had a time. We ripped the paint off the walls. We tore the carpet up. It was great. <laughs> Amen. But uh, I, I want you, I know Pastor Richard, is, he's, it's, it's his service after this. I think he's going to have song and, just, and he's going to minister the word. But I want us to welcome uh, Pastor Richard to this pulpit, my brother in the Lord. Come on, Pastor Richard. Come on, everybody, put your hands together. Let's bless this man of God. He's got a word for the hour. God bless you. Can we just give the Lord another hand of praise? Amen. The Lord sure is worthy. Hallelujah. You can have your seats. Man, I am, I am just overwhelmed. My mind is blown. As Pastor Dallas has said, who would have known a chance encounter that was purposefully ordained of God to bring two great people together? for no other purpose than to show the world what love looks like. Isn't it beautiful? This is exactly how love looks. Not only look, but this is how love acts. The first time we were here, we sat in the back and I was just blown away by the hospitality and everyone that greeted us so beautifully. And uh, one of the pastors, he said, Man, I hope you get to come back and preach. Like, that's not why I came, but okay. <laughs> but I just, I'm, I'm so glad, and I appreciate the pastor of this great uh, congregation. Amen. Pastor Dallas. Amen. My brother in the Lord. Amen. I love his spirit. I love him so much. And the Bible says that the two shall be made one flesh. So you cannot honor one without honoring the other, and that would be his beautiful wife, amen, Lady Holly, amen. We are so grateful, amen, for their spirits, and I knew, me and Terry, we looked at and said, yeah, she can sing. We knew it when we saw it. we knew what was in her, and it's just the worship experience here has been absolutely gorgeous. I also take time to honor, amen, my lovely wife, amen, Lady Avis, Elder Wendell, Amen. My bride. To all the 
ministers of this great gospel to, you know, bridge of hope. Amen. I love that, Pastor Dallas. Amen. Bridges are important. Bridges help us to cross over boundaries. It help us to safely reach our destination. Otherwise, you would be stuck where that place was that the enemy has set a, 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 a thing in your path that you couldn't cross over. But I thank God that he's a carpenter, so he made a bridge to help us cross over. Anybody happy about Jesus? Hallelujah. I want to take time to thank Glow, amen, for coming and helping Pastor. I, I just appreciate everything you do. I just wanted to get everything out the way uh, because I have bought uh, my minister of music, Minister Keith Leak, and he's going to minister a song to us, and then I will come back and we'll be ready to receive the word. Amen? Amen. Minister Leak is a gospel recording artist. Uh, he is working on another album, and I do hope that when it comes out, uh, he'll be in touch, and then I'll let you all know. I hope you support. He's very anointed of God, and I appreciate his love that he has for the ministry. So at this time, Minister Leak is in your head. This is the air I is the air I breathe, your holy presence living in me.
Hallelujah. Are there any desperate people here this morning, this afternoon? Thank you so much. I don't want to try your patience. There is a word from the Lord, and I appreciate the small space and time that the Lord has given us to be able to come and to minister this word unto you. In the book of St. Luke, St. Luke chapter number five. And just for a space of time, we're going to minister from verses two, three, four, and five. St. Luke chapter number five, verses two, three, four, and five. Pastor Dallas is standing. I believe that is the custom here that we stand for the reading of God's word. And I tell him at home, I won't bug you after this. If you stand up, it's because you want to. Do you have it? You say I'm there. I believe it's on the screen. No? Okay. This is the reading of the word. It says, and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch unto the deep and let your nets down for a draw. And Simon answered, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Someone say nothing. Nonetheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Father, we bless you and we thank you for this time and this space that you've given us to minister the word unto your people. Lord, touch our hearing, touch our understanding. Most of all, touch our hearts. Lord, let your word go down and cut where it needs to cut and heal where it needs to heal. We'll be ever so careful to give you all glory, honor, and praise. For it was in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. If I may uh, give my disclaimer, this is probably going to be about as calm as I get. Pastor Dallas, sometimes I get a little animated. So if I scream and jump a little, I'm okay. I know your security is here. I will not need an escort out. <laughs> By chance, uh, my voice changes, then you'll understand he already warned us. But I want to minister to you, if you will allow me to leave this small thought with you. What anyone has gone through, they go through, but the Lord simply told me to leave this word here. Try it again. Try it again. Because as the day was approaching, Pastor Dallas had contacted me and asked me. I contacted him on Monday, said, man, bro, I'm so excited about coming to minister this Sunday. And I was, I was really amped up. And then by the time it got to Friday, am I allowed to be nervous yet? 
has a word that he wants to deliver through you, you'll be fine. I said, I understand that, but am I allowed to be nervous? He said, yes, you can be nervous. So if I appear nervous, remember Pastor Dallas gave me permission. We're going to switch you to mic one. All right, switching to mic one. I've learned to be versatile. <laughs> Thank you so much. So as I begin to look at this, and as preachers sometimes we do, there's, there's a lot that goes on in our minds and, and everything. We, we look at situations of life and we try to grab a message out of life that will hold us and sustain us and get us through to our next destination. And so I begin to ask the Lord because my sister Teresa told me, don't you go embarrass me. So I didn't, if I didn't have enough pressure, Pastor Dallas, <laughs> that was just a little bit more pressure on me. So I wanted to have something that you would leave here encouraged and like, wow, I really feel like that message was for me. So I began to look at this, and there's some things within the context of this scripture that really grabbed my attention. And, and normally, if you read through it, you'll miss them. So I was looking at this, and, and the first thing that, that grabbed my attention is it has to come out of the previous chapter when we under, understand what Christ had just done. In chapter 4, if you look back, you will notice there are a few things that take place in this chapter. There were about three miracles that happened in the latter part of the chapter that really set everything up. The Bible tells us uh, around, the 34th, uh, around the 34th verse, it says that there were some demonic spirits that had met Jesus in church. demonic spirits, not, not on the outside. They called it a synagogue. We call it church. But the spirit had met him in the church. Maybe uh, some of you may understand if you've been around church long enough. I'm a church baby. I was, I was born in church. Uh, I, 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 that's all I've ever known was church. Didn't say I always hung in church. There's a difference. But I was raised in church. I, I had a solid foundation so that when I went out and got myself into trouble, I always knew where to run back to. As a matter of fact, uh, the Bible clearly states to train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Now, I tried. Uh -huh. I, I wish I could stand here and say that I was one of those one of those good boys, and, and I did everything right. That's not my testimony. As a matter of fact, some of the things that I did, if you all knew about it, security really would escort me to the nearest exit. <laughs> but I come to realize that within this, that a demonic spirit approached Christ when he was doing what he was called to do. He didn't get upset because he was expecting confrontation. He was, it didn't catch him by surprise. He knew what was about to happen and he was ready. And so Jesus, he didn't have to run and, and grab his boys or nothing. The Bible said he just simply spoke and told the spirit to come out. The spirit was trying to reveal who he was and he wasn't quite ready for everyone to know who he was even though the word had already gone out. But he still didn't want everyone to know and, and so he said, hush and come out. 
The Bible said it threw him on the floor, but it came out and he didn't even hurt himself. And we see uh, certain things that we see. Uh, I don't want to talk about too many churches today, y'all, because I want y'all to invite me back. But certain things that we see, it puzzles me that things that we witness that happen in church when the Bible told us that we would have the same power that Jesus had. And so Jesus rebuked the spirit and it came. The next thing that fascinated me, Pastor Dallas, in chapter 4 right after that, the Bible said he went to Simon's house. And Simon's mother-in-love, I won't use the law, I said mother-in-love was there and she had a fever. The Bible said that he prayed over her and she was healed and she got up and ministered. In other words, she cooked dinner for them. Uh, around to grab my attention. Uh, at sunset, the Bible said they bought all, A-L-L, -L, all who were sick and diseased. Uh -huh. The Bible said that he laid hands and he healed every single one. Yeah. It lets me know that ministry is not for everyone because uh, some of us get tired after about the first 25. Uh, you say, that's it. I'm not praying for it no more. But the Bible said that he laid hands I don't know where you rank in that line of everyone, uh, but I rank in the line that when Jesus kept praying, I believe I stood in line. I'm so glad he didn't get tired and his arms were tired before he laid his hands on me. There's a saying we said that I wouldn't know where I would be if it had not been for the blood. Uh, I, I pass it down. I'm gonna mess up if I start talking about the blood too much because uh, when you start talking about the blood of Jesus, something begins to happen. Something translates. Something begins to move when you mention the blood of Jesus. As a matter of fact, have issues that are going on in the world, and they say, "Well, new legislation." No, what we need is to apply the blood of Jesus. David said it like this. He said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous, <laughs> we got access, y'all. The righteous run in and we're safe. And so we get here to Luke chapter 5. And it amazes me that after all the miracles that Jesus had already done in the previous chapter, then I understood when he got to uh, the, the, the lake of Gennesaret, where he stood there and he began to minister that such a crowd had been drawn. And a matter of fact, the Bible goes on and tells us that it was such a crowd that they pressed in on him so much so he had to go into a ship just to get a little space. <laughs> uh, somebody should touch your neighbor and say, I just need a little room. <laughs> uh, that's what Jesus was saying. I just need just a little room, just a little room. So he gets on Simon's ship and he tells him to launch out just a little bit to people. Here's the first point that I'm coming to, uh, the thing that I don't want you to miss. Notice here that he told him to launch out just a little bit 
so he could minister to the people. Launch out just a little bit. Don't go far. Just a little bit so I can minister to the people. So he gets in the ship. He moves out just enough so that he can begin to talk to them. But the part, Holly, that grabbed my attention is that Simon is on the ship with him where he begin to teach. I say, well, Pastor Wyndham, why is that important? Well, I'm glad you asked. The reason it's important because that message that he taught was so powerful that it did something to Peter. Because after he got done preaching, is what the Bible said, after he got done preaching, he then told Peter to launch out in the deep. Here's the part. Now, I consider myself an average fisherman. As a matter of fact, tomorrow I'll be loading up me and my wife and the dog, and we're heading up north to go fishing. There's one thing that I understand about fishing, especially driving all the way toward Lake Erie. No man wants to go all the way that far and not catch a thing. It used to be time, Pastor Dallas, when I was younger, so I didn't feel bad. If all else failed, I would put some little bitty grubs on my, on my pole and I would fish for what's called bluegill. Because a bluegill will bite anything, just so I wouldn't get skunked. Skunk is when you don't catch no fish. So here we are with Peter and Jesus in the ship, and he tells him to launch out into the deep. The first thing that I notice here is Simon's reaction. He said, hold on, <laughs> hold on, wait, wait just a minute. I don't know if you noticed that we had toil all night. We were washing our nets when you approach, and that means fishing is over. We've done our best. We didn't catch nothing. We got a zero. Well, what are you trying to say? I want to talk to somebody that you used to do and it no longer worked. The, your your go-to plan, your go-to savings account, your go-to best friend that you run to and it no longer works. And now you're that I've always gone. I've always, you know, I've always been able to go to my secret closet and I've always been able to push everyone else out and I've always been able to pray and talk to God and get an answer and now he won't me. So now, so now you have to listen to your enemies because that's what happens when you when you're fishing and you're catching more fish than everybody, the one time you don't catch fish, they look at you and they laugh at you. They say, what's wrong? Say, you ain't holding your mouth right. That's some of the terms we use. You got to turn your hat around the other way. What's wrong? Your, your bait dead? I, I used to get on my dad all the time and say, dad, your poles ain't working no more. Let me get you a new pole. That's just some of the talk that we use when you're getting beat. So you can imagine Peter when he said, Lord, you don't understand, I'm tired. We fished all night. We went to our favorite fishing spot, and it was barren. But the thing that I love about it is that he said, nonetheless, at your word. There's a difference 
when you've been doing what you've been doing and it's no longer working, to launch out, I got you. And so the, the Bible records that they loaded up and they launched out into the deep and they let down their nets. Now, the Bible didn't tell us how long Jesus preached. Don't worry, y'all, I'm not going to preach that long. We won't have to have a demonstration of when Paul was preaching and the man fell out the window. <laughs> you won't have to worry about that. Uh, my wife won't have to clear her throat and tell me your time is up. <laughs> but I noticed here that the Bible said when he got done preaching, they went out, they launched out, they let down the nets, and immediately something happened. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. At the word of Jesus, he got the crew together and said, let's launch out. They get out there, and as soon as they let, see, I don't know if you really want uh, fishing shows, but when you watch commercial fishermen, it's not like it is now. Now they have commercial airplanes, they have GPS units, they have things that look under the ocean, they can see where the fish are and they tell the boat the coordinates to get to the fish. They didn't have that. All they had was a word. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk to somebody who only need one word from the Lord to do what you need to do. You don't need a bunch of prying. You don't need a, a bunch of music. You don't need an organist, a singer. But all you need is one word from the Lord. One word can change your entire situation. One. One. Y'all remember, uh, I love David when David said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that Will I seek after uh, one? You know, some of our list is just way too long. We got a whole Christmas list. When you get to the one thing when God gives you one word that I run and, and take over your entire life. Yes. One. One word. He opened the window of heaven and poured out a blessing. One. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> one. One word that he said, go. One word, he, one word, deliver. Yeah. One word, free. One. One word. And so this is a time that they launched out, they dropped the nets, and all of a sudden they had more fish than they could handle. He had to call for another boat one of his partners, and tell him, get over here. It's too much fish for one person to handle. What are you saying? When we will learn as a people of God, as the body of Christ, to hear the one word, when the is dropped, it's enough fish for every church to be. <laughs> Pastor Dallas pastors go around called sheep rustling. Sheep rustling is a term we use for pastors to go around and they notice somebody in another church and they tell them, the Lord told me, come to, I'm sorry, I'm moving around, sorry. <laughs> but the Lord will tell me to tell you that you're supposed to be a deacon at my church. Really? Is that what the Lord does? Okay. 
Uh, there's plenty of souls out there dying and on their way to hell, and we're sitting here wrestling over the few seeds that's in the church. The pastor done went out, he done worked hard, he done labored with them, and here you come because you don't have nobody in your church. Uh, now you feel like, now this is a good one here, I'm going to go over here and cherry pick this one, and all you're doing is bringing in a whole lot of people in that God never sent. But when we, as a body of Christ, decide to do what God told us to do, and that is to go into the men and women to come to Jesus. When we learn to do that, stop fighting amongst ourselves and learn to love each other for who we are. And so I come to understand that I went and they let down the nets and they drew in a number of fish. It never would have happened if Peter would have decided it's just not worth it. I come to talk to somebody who's been going through and you're at the point that you feel like it's just not worth it. I understand you've been praying and you've been crying and you've been talking to God. You've been talking to family. You've been talking to other people. You've been talking to counselors and now you feel it's just not worth it. I come to encourage you and tell you God said try it again. At his word, he listened. Peter had listened to the message that Jesus had delivered and then he launched. <laughs> Too often we get people in the church and before the pastor can even give them a word, they already gone. <laughs> and then they wonder because in our church's pastor, Dallas, they got a real good testimony. And their testimonies sound a lot like preaching. And because somebody pats them on the back and tells them, boy, that show was a good testimony. They feel like they're called to preach and they don't even wait to get any type of guidance. And they go out there and they mess up. Yeah. And then they get mad. And they come back and say, Pastor Dallas, it's your fault. Because you didn't tell me. Well, you didn't give me a chance to tell you. I was trying to warn you, but before I could even give you any word, you had left. That ain't what Peter did. He heard the word of the Lord, and he said, at your word. <laughs> okay, I hear you, Holy Ghost. Uh, it's not that what you did was wrong. You acted in yourself. Now he said, it's his word. It's a difference. If I come to somebody and I say, Pastor Dallas sent me. Because if they don't know Pastor Dallas, it might be a problem. But if they know Jesus, and I tell them, Jesus sent me, and this is what he said. See, the thing I love about Jesus, he knows how to tell you certain things that only the conversation that you and him had. Some of y'all catch that one later. <laughs> See, you have to be careful. See, that's why I love Pastor Dallas, because as leaders, we have to be careful who we allow to come up them steps and stand behind the sacred desk because if I mess it up, he's going to have to get up and clean it up. And so he begins to minister and just to Simon's net full. His net was so full when he called the other ship, the Bible said they had so many fish that the ship 
begin to sink. I want a type of blessing that's not just for me, that a type of blessing that's so powerful, that's so anointed, that I got to call Pastor Dallas. I got to call another pastor and say, I need some help. Too many fish. But it'll never happen if you don't try again. I know. You have to understand. Peter was out there fishing. The same people that saw him go out were the same people that laughed when they came back and they didn't have anything to feed their family. Didn't have anything to sell at the market. And they say, you wasted your time. But Jesus said, no, there's a difference. This time I'm on board. <laughs> it's a difference because this time Jesus is on the ship with you. <laughs> I don't know who's hearing what I'm saying, but there's a word that says it's okay to launch out in the deep because this time I'm in the ship with you. It's a difference when I was there by myself. It was a difference when I was out there struggling by myself. But now it's a song. Uh, I think the can spiritual said, glad I got Jesus <laughs> down in my heart. It's a difference now because Jesus is on board. Now I got all I need. Everything. Uh, because the pastor, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm toiled. That means you worked hard. Toil all night. I've been there. I've witnessed to my family over again. As a matter of fact, I think they hate me. Is to be saved because I don't want to. And I'm, but I come to tell someone if that's what you're thinking that God said, try. One more time. Mama, I understand you've been praying for children. I know you've been talking to God about the situation. Father, I understand you've been having conversations to God about your family. I understand it might seem like you're losing, but God said, try it again. <laughs> it appears that you lose. <laughs> it appears the enemy has won. <laughs> but the God I serve, when he got up in the grave, he said, all power. Come on. In heaven and in earth. Yeah. Is given in my hand. <laughs> so now I have him. Now I can child and I don't have to worry. Now I can go do what God told me to do and I don't have to be afraid. Yeah. I, I don't have to be ashamed. I, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is a power. Okay. I almost went home on that one, y'all. It is the power of God under salvation. That power that he promised me. He said, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be. Woo. You shall be a witness. But you got to try it again. The race isn't given 
to the swift. And the battle is not given to the strong. But it's something about those who endure until the end. I dare you to get back in the boat, lock up, and try to keep neighbor and tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I dare you to try it one more time. This time, it will work. I promise you, this time, God said, I'm you remember in the Bible where he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, look, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. He's a God that has ordered my steps. And because he lives in me, because he talks to me, because he holds me in the hollow of his hand, I can do all things. Do I have any all-thing people here? Do I have a witness here that's ready? Say, I'm ready to launch out into the deep. I dare you, launch out. Try it again. High-five a neighbor. Tell him, launch out. Launch out. Launch out. Launch out. It's high. It's high. It's going to be different. Yes, sir. This time. This time. I don't care what happened yesterday. Woo. It don't even. On, I don't care how many times I fell before. Yeah. This time. This time. I don't care who talks about me. This time. This time. I see it a whole different way, Pastor Dallas. It never would have happened if Jesus wasn't on board. It never would have happened if they didn't hear the word Jesus spoke. He said, launch out. Yeah. Bridge of hope. This is the word. Launch out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs>